0: Hello, and welcome to a secondary episode of Ground Game LA Podcast. This is Beau Delight. Uh, For this episode, uh, this is a continuation of a conversation that I had uh, from our last episode with Rachel Rose Lucky. Uh, It was a very long conversation that we had, and there was stuff that didn't make it into the first episode that I still found uh, really important for our listeners to, to hear and maybe think about just making this episode as a little special extra from the conversation that uh, you've already heard with uh, Rachel Rose Thanks for working on your micro to help the macro.
1: This has been a little less than a year ago. We were having a general board meeting at the neighborhood council and I got up to, to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. On my way there, this vision popped into my head. I don't know where it came from. But I I pictured myself in a kind of a, you know, a giant form standing in the middle of Rampart Village, you know, like the 50-foot woman, you know, <laughs> <laughs> with this flagpole in my hand. I don't know what the flag was, but I had this flagpole in my hand, and I planted it into the ground, and my thought was my singular thought was i may not be able to change the world but i can change my piece of it absolutely and that is what gets me out of bed in the morning that's what gets me out there to fight every single day for people who 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 maybe don't know or can't or you know whatever be able to speak out for themselves That's what got me into activism to begin with, uh, you know, for the transgender community. Yeah. Um, Because I, you know, I felt that um, living here in Los Angeles, you know, as a transgender person, I'm afforded a lot of protections that in other parts of the country, there aren't any.
0: Um, I actually had a friend staying with me uh, from Seattle, and she was talking about the, uh, she's a trans woman, and she was talking about, how surprised she was at public transportation in LA and how much better it was than in Seattle where there were times where the bus driver wouldn't let her on. What? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. We're here. They're just like, get on the bus. We need to
1: go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, I can, here in LA, I can, you know, put on my frumpy clothes and, you know, not be you know a hundred hundred percent in in femme mode as it were, and mm-hmm. go down in a row so people don't look at me twice. Yeah. You know, especially here in Los Angeles, we're talking about Hollywood. Yeah, you know, as I've said for a long time, you know, I'm not the freakiest person running around town, the <laughs> <laughs> freakiest looking person running around town. So <laughs> you know, um, I I I just I just don't understand the mentality of folks who. Uh, on one hand claim to be christian americans and you know there's there's a couple of 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 things that are involved with that with that label Mm uh with that definition um you know christian being and i come from a christian background Mm -hmm. um christian being you know uh christ having a message of love thy neighbor and Mm -hmm. you know peace on earth and you know we sing it at christmas time you know joy to the world and peace Mm -hmm. on earth and all of this good stuff uh and you know american which is you know freedom for all Mm -hmm. and that that doesn't mean just freedom for the folks that agree with you yeah you know to run around with racism and bigotry and spew hate speech and say people who are American citizens aren't welcome here and they should go back to their own country. Well, they're already in their own country, so yeah. that doesn't fly very far. But <laughs> I, it's just, I, I just don't understand how how people can justify within their own heads this blatant hypocrisy that is so unchristian so unchristlike so un-american and yet you know dress themselves in the bible and the flag yeah it it just i don't know i can't i can't think that way
0: (laughs) yeah i i don't i it's something that's baffled me for for so long just the blatant hypocrisy when it comes to um, when it comes to religious people within um, politics that have that type of that have that type of view um, it's something that just makes no sense to me it's
1: and I I come from an evangelical background
0: and that's my grand <laughs> my
1: grandfather was an assemblies of God minister mm-hmm. at the age of seven my mom, a single mom, mm-hmm. during the summertime, she would send me and my little brother out to visit my grandparents for at least a month. Mm-hmm. And we would have Bible readings in the evening and, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, and um, at the age of seven, uh, at one of the church services, um, I knelt at the altar. And uh, there was a a laying of hands. My grandfather put his hand on one shoulder, my grandmother on my other shoulder. And then the whole congregation did a laying of hands on each other's shoulders all the way back. And um, and I it was it was a a, a ritual Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, have Jesus come into your heart, never to leave and to ask for forgiveness of original sin. And I spoke in tongues. Mm hmm. So, you know, as a neo pagan, you know, I am grounded in in that tra- in that Christian tradition, mm-hmm. but certainly I don't hate my Muslim brothers and sisters, yeah, and siblings, who, you know, hold a different view of how the universe was created and who's governing it. Yeah, you know. As long as they don't want to, you know, as long as I just, if you can have tolerance for your fellow human being and just let them live their lives in peace, it's all good to me. Yeah. But the weaponization of religion to me is the. Should be the I don't know. I don't think it's in there, but it should be the Webster's definition of evil. Yeah. The weaponization of religion to me is the definition of evil. To take something that is geared to bring peace and tranquility and goodwill and to twist that into something that promotes oppression promotes suffering that's that's evil absolutely and we have literally millions of americans today who are using religion to oppress me personally as a transgender woman mm-hmm. to oppress the lgbtq community to oppress other religious folks other religions mm-hmm. and other uh, people, basically people of color. Mm -hmm. And to me, we cannot allow this to continue. I don't know what it's going to take, but something's going to give here sooner or later.
0: Yeah. I think the, I think what it will take is um, people that have that privilege Um, where their voices listen to automatically Uh, when they give stage to those that don't have that privilege that's how that's how the unheard voices get heard that's only one tactic as well I mean we we've seen um, we've seen riots and protests that are the start of revolution for for those types of situations where it's civil rights in general for um, based on the color of your skin or your sexual orientation or gender identity or gender politics. You have to when your voice has been silent for so long. You need to scream. <laughs> you need to scream in order to to put yourself on that stage to have your voice be heard and then and this is something that a lot of people have have issue with for me but um, at some point you need to stop screaming and have a conversation
1: yes I yeah. agree um, and that's uh, I think one of the Biggest uh, advantages of being on a neighborhood council, yeah, is that I can initiate those conversations. I was on a face, uh, a Facebook, a next door thread, and it uh, was it was it was about, <laughs> it was about homelessness, and mm-hmm. I, you know, basically wrote to these folks. I said, look, you know, uh, I like what you all are saying. Well, I like the fact that you're having this conversation. And, uh, you know, uh, I can provide the table. All you got to do is pull up a seat. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, this morning, uh, I uh, I held a, uh, a special general board meeting mm-hmm. for the neighborhood council. Unfortunately, we did not have turnout. Um, but, uh, you know, after the homeless count came out and, you know, the 16% increase and, you know, thinking about things, uh, on June the 20th, a month ago today, I, uh, I wrote a transmittal letter, uh, to my board members and the community, um, saying, Hey, look, let's get together. Uh, and, uh, talk about, because one of the roles of the neighborhood council is that, you know, we can, uh, Come together and see what kinds of policy suggestions that we can can make to City Hall mm. uh, on on a particular issue. And uh, on this one, it was housing and homelessness. And you know, I I called the meeting, and uh, again, um, you know, I I invited. You know, my my blind copy list included about forty different homelessness and housing advocates and you know housing developers and you know homelessness adv- you know advocates and mm-hmm. you know, non-profits and things like that and we hardly had anybody show up you know but uh, that doesn't that doesn't deter me no that doesn't that's not going to stop me never I'm going to do it again <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it's going to happen again don't worry good